We are back for another episode of Stream of Thought, episode number 136. Rick's kicks things off by talking about a nasty gnome. Why is it so nasty? Well, you're just going to have to listen and find out. Then we take another trip down memory lane, as we do typically in Stream of Thought, by talking a little bit about childhood memories, beanie babies, collecting coins, collecting cards, hanging out with family, different TV shows and movies that we enjoyed, and just a whole lot of positivity because we've been living in such a dark, dark world this year. So with that being said, episode number 136 of Stream of Thought, we hope you enjoy. So, is this the new laptop, the newest laptop from the laptop that was newer? Did you get a replacement one, or this is the one that you got originally? Um, I'm just dealing with it. It's going to be what it is. I'm just not worth it. Not worth the hassle, you know? Not, Not worth it, really. That's what they're counting on. That's where they got you. Man, I at at this point, like this has been such like especially going back to work this week, it has been yeah. so frustrating as my dog is leaving the room right now because I'm talking. So Yeah, no, it's been I'm I my frustration level right now and my anxiety level and my emotional like um what do you call it? The the caliber, the emotional yeah. like pendulum is all over the place. So I at this point I'm just throwing up my hands, just like whatever. I don't I don't even care anymore. There are more important things to focus on. I can deal with some slight inconveniences. It just it is what it is. And your brother yeah. or dad aren't like techies where they can figure out why that may be that your new quote unquote new computer doesn't process as quickly as it should. Bro, you think that I get frustrated? When it comes to minor inconveniences and hiccups, yeah, there is no way in hell that I'm going to give this to my brother or my dad because their response is going to be one of. Uh, <laughs> would it I be, would be s- lucky if I would still have similar? One piece. I was going to say their response would be similar to my dad. That one time I saw him take the keyboard and smash it on the ground and had a couple keys pop up. If if I could count the number of times that my brother has thrown like N64 controllers against the wall. Uh, or Xbox controllers against the floor and just destroyed them out of frustration, uh, I'd be a millionaire <laughs> for every dollar. <laughs> Dude, speaking of your brother, I, I uh, thought of him. I was watching. Okay, so you saw my text the other day where I'm like, you got to watch the movie Project X. Right. Had yeah. you ever? Do you know what that is at all? Probably not. You don't know. You know what? what? I, I did. I did. I did see something about that. I I didn't. I didn't end up watching it, but I I am familiar with that. It is on my watch list when I get the chance. Do you guys have Amazon Prime? Yeah. Yeah. So you can rent it on Amazon Prime for like three or four dollars. Oh fuck that! I'm not what? gonna spend money on that. I'm gonna it's go. I'm gonna three go or four like, dollars. Are you serious? Whatever. So find whatever pirate website you want and watch that movie. Uh, because I was, I was watching it the other day and there's a, a gnome in the movie that's giving the middle finger. And I thought of your brother, how he used to have that gnome with the middle finger that, as you said, brought him Uh, solace. A a cherished family heirloom, man. The fact that we lost that gnome given, given people the middle finger, that was, that was his pride and joy when he came home from school. He'd always see that gnome in the basement giving him middle finger and that always made his day so So what happened to it did you guys get rid of it in a garage sale did one of his friends steal it did it get did it break what happened to it 
you know, it, it is one of those weird, like, family conflict things where I, I, I will never bring this up myself, but basically my dad tossed it away, and he said that before, and so my brother kind oh. of brings it up. Just, I, I don't know why. It was, so the back, <laughs> the background of this, and, and so this is, like, you know, a typical, one of those typical he still brings, statues. Robert, he still brings it up to this day, just nonchalantly at the dinner table, he'll just slip it in. <laughs> and and try to create antagonism and conflict uh, in the fact that it it was so meaningful to him. The funny background story of this whole thing, and probably part of the reason why my dad ended up just throwing it away because he, he didn't find too much value in it, it was a gift from uh, my mom's brother. So my dad's brother-in-law. Directly, it was, like it was a gift given directly to Robert or to your dad and your brother my dad, just liked it? Okay, as, yeah. a, as, a, as a wedding gift. As a oh, wedding gift, because wow. he didn't, he didn't like my dad, or something to that extent. I don't. Oh it God. was it was something like that. So it's like here's a gnome flicking you off, and this is this is meant to convey. This what is I how think I feel you. about you. So wow. yeah, there. You know, whereas my brother growing up, we always had that in the window, like for whatever reason, my parents kept it, and it was something that always greeted us when we came home from school, walking walking to the backyard and stuff like that. We'd all see the gnome flicking us off. Um, and at what, just... age, at what age did you guys become conscious of this gnome or see this gnome on a regular basis? Oh, God, probably junior high, if, okay. not, if not late elementary school. So it was pretty young where, I mean, I, it was something that I still remember very clearly in my own head. I mean, I, I know that gnome. I could, I could point it out... Uh, if you, if you had a lineup of gnomes, I could probably pick that out <laughs> Have you ever tried, in that lineup. Has Robert ever tried searching on Amazon for it? Oh, yeah. He's tried. Very hard. It it was uh, it was a one-of-a-kind. It was, uh, yeah, one of those things where, you know, it was a independent retailer who ended up selling it. Uh, you know, a sculptor or something like that. Could have been handmade for all we know. Some guy's was. wife. Could have been really into ceramics or something, made it, painted it, and they sell it at a garage sale or something like that. And your right. uncle just happened to find it, and that gnome was a one of a kind, one and done. Right. And, so, and the and ir- how long ago was it that your dad got rid of it? Oh God, it was probably oh man, I want to say like five to seven years ago. Okay, so somewhere. So recent. it's been a, it's been a while, but my brother will still never pass up an opportunity when you're talking about gnomes or people flicking other people off <laughs> he will always find a way to insert that into the conversation so and has it did it always sit in the same spot for like 20 something years and then one day it was just gone and your and your brother saw that it was gone and was like what the hell where did this thing go probably a good 15 years it was sitting in the room next door uh in that windowsill mm-hmm that was facing out towards yeah. the street and yeah. one day it was gone. So yeah, that's kind of the, the, the beginning, middle and end of the tragic story of the, uh, uh, nasty gnome. Did he have a name for it or that you guys just called it nasty gnome or the gnome or what? Oh God. I, I can't remember. Ask um, Robert. He I, definitely I, had a name for it. I bet. He probably would have had a name for it. Yeah, I never did. I was just like, oh, it's a gnome. But apparently it meant a lot to, as you know, my brother, who is somebody who has a lot of um, aggression built up within himself. It fits uh, his so, personality very well. 
it was it it coincided with his personality and it still does and so i think that's part of the reason why he took it so hard in the first place do you yeah. know did your dad just one day was walking by and was like oh you know how did do you know how your dad approached it did he stop and think oh my kids like this maybe i shouldn't uh screw it i'm just gonna throw it away what nope no thought no, behind it. No, Just no, no. Here. It wasn't. It, I mean, it It really, because, I mean, until it was gone, none of us ever said anything about it. And it was only <laughs> after the gnome disappeared that that my father so was made aware of the importance of the. the got the it. So there were no gnome. conversations at the dinner table how much you guys loved that gnome in your basement. So he had no idea. <laughs> to him, it was just this right. article that just sat there. And he just got rid of it. <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> I, I'm just thinking in my head how funny it would be if, because we had family dinners, how funny it would be if, like, every once in a while, our family dinner is centered around how important that gnome was to our You guys should have included our family it. unity. You know? Included I don't know. I mean, dinners I, every I, once in a while. A nice I, Sunday evening dinner with the nasty gnome. <laughs> you know in hindsight probably but in the moment i just and i don't i personally don't have any emotional connection to it but i you know it was it was something that was there so i you know i appreciated it for what it was but as all things to every season there is a time so did you, you ever know, see it the, is what um, it is. did you ever see the gnome that i have I think so. I think you might have shown me because I know that I've told you this. This was something that went back, what, like five years ago or whatever. So you know my gnome story from many, many years ago. And I think that you had shown me your the I, gnome that you I've had. had. A, I've had this gnome now for probably at least two – I think two years. I think I got it in 2018. And okay. I bought it at Aldi because they would sell like in the spring and summertime random – uh, summer items, you know, a hose, decks, chairs, solar lights, and lawn ornaments. And one of them was this gnome. And I paid $5 for it, and I love it. And I kept it underneath our tree in the front lawn, uh, which was perfect because I'd see it every day when I'd leave the house and when I'd come back that summer. And I brought it with me, and now I keep it in the bathroom. And if... I just can't imagine if anything were to happen to that gnome, part of me would die. I love it. I love mm. the little gnome. He's so good. God, I feel like there was an episode of Stream of Thought where we ended up talking about We did. That. We talked about it briefly. I don't think, well, we... It was we, like episode number 67 or something we, like that. We it was talked way about it. back ago. We talked about it, but we didn't talk about it for 10 minutes like we did with your nasty gnome. I think you, it was just more mentioning it. <laughs> but it's right. just it's just very pleasant to look at and he's and he stands maybe like i don't know maybe about 10 inches tall and he's got a blue shirt and a red hat and he just looks jolly and rosy cheeks and i just love looking at it and i'd be very disappointed if something were to happen if he were to fall over and break i can glue him back together it would add some character but if someone were to steal it or just throw it away i would be well, I would not be a happy camper about that. You know, you form those emotional relationships with those inanimate objects, and they become like family, whether or not you want them to. <laughs> they become like family, for sure. Oh, I mean, there's anything man. else that I have that I cherish so much as that. I mean, I have, like, these random little other things, but nothing as uh, goofy as a gnome. 
You know, so, and that actually brings to mind right now, and, and this is something that I actually thought about recently, and I don't know why it was, but you know how you have, like, stuffed animals or, like, um, objects from childhood that are, like, very close to you and, you know, those, those comfort objects, psychologists, I mean, talk about that all the time as to, like, those are formational objects and stuff like that. There's, there is an animal that I was given, I think, when I was, like, one years old, and, uh, and his name was Piggy, and it was, like, this little, little stuffed, like, bean-filled, um, pig animal that I had for the longest time, even into college, I think I still had it, and at some point, I don't know where it is right now, but it disappeared, like, as I was going off to grad school, and I don't know. I mean, I like that. I, I, I felt a moment of distress in my own personal, like, where did it go? Like, it's nowhere around here. I, I, I searched everywhere. I couldn't find it. Um, it's very well that it could disappear. I mean, it was old and ratty. Obviously, it was at that point two decades old. It had the dirt and grime kind of building up on it. But it was still something that was like super close to me so yeah I, I was you know i still haven't found it uh i don't know if it still exists but yeah it, that took a while that took a while to get over i had plenty i had so many as a child stuffed animal toys and one of them was like this dog that was three feet tall and my whole and when i was growing up my brother and i had bunk beds and i had the top bunk for a time and it was just littered with God, stuffed animals beds. from various oh sizes. God. But there bunk were beds. three items in particular. One of them was my blanket. The other one was this yellow hand puppet that was a rabbit that I just... I don't remember what I called it. I think I just called it Bunny. And then I had this bear, this little stuffed animal bear that was dressed up like a baseball player. And I don't even remember what name I had for it. But those are my three, my three favorite, and I remember, I held on to those for years, and it wasn't it wasn't I had them in my bed, but you know when I was a teenager they were stuffed away in a little box, and they were just nice to it was just nice to know that I was still in possession of them, and right. I think I finally no joke got rid of them, or was comfortable giving them away, when I moved out here. So I held on to those for a long ass time. Just had so them. up until a couple of years ago. Up until I was about thirty. Yeah, I Holy had them. Shit. I just and, I just want to reiterate: they did not stay in my bed. It's, these weren't things that I cuddled with. You know, as an adult, I just it was just nice to know that I had them. It was just nice to know that I had them. And of course, the blanket. One day, I I pick it up, and the whole thing is. It's deteriorated, and I I don't know how that happened. You know, yeah, moths, right. I don't know, but the whole thing, it was just a lost cause. I think we threw it out in the other ones we donated, but yeah, man, I don't know what it is about childhood when you have this inanimate object that means so much, that has so much value to it. Oh, there, but, there is a deep psychological thing behind that. But still, that's crazy. I'm, I'm so glad that you had the opportunity to actually part ways with those very meaningful objects because, yeah. like, that's not 
easy to do for people who have those things <laughs> to say farewell, fare thee well, I have moved on. Did you ever collect Beanie Babies? Fuck yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> who didn't? Who didn't? We're fucking you, millennials. Of course we remember, collected Beanie Babies. People were buying those like they were stocks, man. Like those things, those things skyrocketed so quickly in value once yeah. they hit the market. It's like I remember collecting a few of them, and then it was like the next week they were impossible to find. And you collected them oh, all. Oh, God. There was, um, I forget, I forget when I was, it, I can't remember if it was one of our podcasts, but I remember, like, when I was recording live on some podcast, that I looked up the price of some of the Beanie Babies out there, freaking ten dollars to $20,000 for kidding? some of the originals. No. No. They're, like super collector's items right now. So yeah, I mean, our our family probably still has, yeah, I don't know, probably two dozen Beanie Babies at somewhere in the house. But, mm-hmm. uh, and we just, we have no use for them. We, they're not, they're not exactly uh, aesthetically uh, appealing to <laughs> the particular environment, but they're there. We just don't know what to do with them, but we also understand that you know, maybe the value is worth keeping them around for a little bit longer. You should uh, you? put them in the windowsill. Then you can Did... watch them when you walk up to the house. Were, were were you a Beanie Baby collector? I was, but I wasn't crazy. I mean, I don't remember how many I had. I didn't. I don't think I had more than eight or ten. Me personally and my brother and sister. I had the turtle. But it was never a thing for you, like, to, like, obsessively, like... No. Because I remember there was maybe, like, a three-month period where... I w- my myself and my brother were kind of as- obsessed with uh, collecting them. It was cool, but I wasn't. I don't remember being crazy ape shit for Beanie Babies. I uh, I had the turtle, the lizard that was tie dye, the bull that was oh, named right. Yeah, 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 yeah. The bull that was named Tabasco, and then that Tabasco, and then that company Tabasco sued. The Thai, whoever the company was that made the Beanie Babies, Thai, T- because they T-Y-E, took their name. Thai, yeah, or T Y T Y. And yeah. I can't even see. I can't even remember. I mean, I had some of them, and my brother and sister, we all had some, but we were never crazy for them. I'll have to ask my mom. D- she she'll have a better memory than of that than I would. But I will say this: the turtle Beanie Baby that I had was a gift given to me uh on my my seventh birthday i think and first sixth or seventh birthday uh when i was in first grade it was given to me by a classmate and that was before like people really knew what beanie babies were and that turtle beanie baby i also had until i moved out here to california so that too i had that for about 23 years all the other beanie babies we got rid of but that one I just kept. Wow. And then ultimately no I got rid of it. But I don't think I kept it for sentimental value. I think one day when I was maybe like 25 or 26, I don't know, I just found it in the house and then I just moved it into my room and kept it in my drawer. You know? It's not like I I, I knew where it was at all times for the 23 years that I had it. 
I just found it one day cleaning stuff out and I just kept it in my room since then. Yeah, there there's a, there's a couple of those like random things where I actually I I can't I don't know if I moved to my uh storage locker, but I had a Oh god. You remember the day when you would bike down the prairie path or the Great Western Trail and we would have these endless stretches of road to go down and I don't know if you ever went with your parents or when you were a kid. Did you? I would sometimes go on the prairie path yeah so so the these gravel gravel pathways that travel basically from rural illinois all the way into the city and i remember one of the most visceral experiences that i had was going with my dad and my brother on my bike right after i learned how to ride a bike and we would go up to oh god it was probably lombard or something like that where we'd all go to a comic book stop, uh, store, mm-hmm. and I'm actually kind of looking right now. Uh, the so we would go there to this. Uh, we were all comic book fans, and and we loved we loved the X Men, we loved Marvel, we loved I mean even DC. We weren't huge DC fans, but but we loved comic books. We loved the comic book culture, and so there was this like cornerstone facility where we'd go every other week or something like that and and visit there and there was a guy who ran the comic book uh, shop that we would visit in Lombard or something like that and we got to know him really well and actually my parents invited him over to a couple of house gatherings that's how much we ended up visiting this this (laughs) store and he brought he brought my brother my sister and myself statues actual statues like man like mannequin like really nice looking um face face sculpture things oh a bust um, a bust thank yeah. you yes busts of various superheroes oh so, wow he uh, and I still have that, and it's still in this box. I haven't taken it out. I haven't like done anything with that. That actually, I think, is in my storage locker. But it's one of those things where I, yeah, I don't know. When I end up getting a place where I'm gonna settle down in, I'm definitely taking that out and putting that bust up on something because nice. it's just it's it's a memory though of the experience that I had with my my family and going to these comic book shops and this very kind person, Stuart, who I actually, he actually just, uh, friended me on Facebook, uh, oh a couple gosh. of months ago, like wow. 10, 10, 15 years later, he still remembered who I was and he talks with my dad every once in a while, but yeah, no, it, it is crazy. Just, uh, I don't know. There's, uh, does he still own the comic book shop? No, no, no. He was, um, so he, I think that he is a court uh, typist. What do you call it? Um, oh, a stenographer. Person. Stenographer. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think he does that right now. But yeah, no, he had for because he was he was about like freaking twenty three, twenty four years old, and he was just trying to make oh, ends meet wow. when he was doing. So he was a young guy and ended up befriending our family. And so, yeah, we, we keep in touch with him. Um, That's very cool. Yeah. We used to, one um, of those random things. When I was a kid, 
we would my dad and I would ride our bikes from my house to Glumbard West and then we would you know that you know that hill that's on the opposite side of the lake house there's like a little hill um and we would sit there and we would eat lunch and we would ride our bike we'd pack a lunch we'd ride our bikes from my house that i can't believe i did that i mean i was seven years old and i had this little bike with (laughs) wheels that maybe that maybe had a 12 inch diameter maybe maybe wow and i I rode all the way from my house to glenbard west with my dad and my brother would sometimes come and i remember the one thing i remember on my bicycle i had a i had a lunch bag where you could uh I remember it being like blue with yellow, a yellow zipper and yellow handle. And the inside was, it was one of those lunch bags where it would keep things cold. It was lined with like that silver material to keep Um, things cold. But the coolest thing was, is that on the handle was this, uh, I don't know how to describe it. On the handle of the lunch bag was like this Velcro thing. And it was it was shaped in such a way that it would like go over the handlebar, but it would split in the middle so that the so that like the the bar I can't remember, the bar I can't really dude it's so difficult to describe, but it was almost like the lunchbox was made to attach to a child's bicycle. Okay, right, yeah, I understand and that. So yeah. I'd have the lunch box attached to the front of my bike with like this velcro thing on the handlebar and we would go through and eat our lunch there and that's a fond memory that i have and my brother would sometimes come because he was three years younger so i don't think he came all the time but the other thing that we did that my brother was definitely a part of is we would go to this place downtown Glen Ellen. you know on main street uh Main Street in Crescent, how there's a few shops that aren't on the street. You almost have to walk, you almost walk in and it's like this hallway with a bunch of little shops inside. And like, I think there's one where you have to go downstairs or something weird like that. Inside there was... Main Main Street, right? Yeah, the Main and Main Crescent. Street mall, the, the mall. Is that a mall? I didn't even know it was yeah. a mall. Yeah, it was a mall. I guess man. so. That I mean, was, that I, was one of my favorite places. I have so many good stories. We about would that go place. to we would go to this place called Gabe's Coin Shop, and he would buy and sell uh, silver, gold, platinum, and other various coins. And we would go there periodically, and my dad would usually buy either a ten ounce bar of silver or a one ounce uh, coin of gold. And my brother and I would always get a one-ounce coin of silver that we would buy with our allowance. And ultimately, I mean, I bought these one-ounce coins for 5 or $6 each. And then at one point, near, uh, <laughs> at the beginning of senior year of college, I needed money. So I sold my coins. And those coins went from 5 or $6 a piece to like 12 or $13. And I remember when I sold them, I got like four hundred dollars. I was like, "Holy shit!" No shit. But that was another fond memory I have is going to Gabe's Coin Shop 
and uh, and getting silver and gold coins with my dad. I I will say I I will uh, just kind of interrupt here to say Gabe's Coin Shop. My brother and I would go there. I can't count the number of times that we went there both to either buy or like we we were just very fascinated with like random coins and stuff like that so we'd always bring this collection of random shit there and the owner whoever it was was patient enough to like look through all of them and give us a thing well i think we probably got maybe like 40 dollars worth of some of the random shit that we brought in but Man, Gabe's Coin Shop. At the end of the, at the end of the mall entrance area, you'd go to the very end of that little entryway where it's like a super, like a mini mall or whatever. Very far right end, yep. and you'd go in, and it was yeah. And then, funny enough, right across the way was a card collector. Oh, really? shop. I don't know if you remember that. No, I only po- my only memory Pokemon is of Gabe's coin shop. Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Oh my like, gosh, Yu-Gi-Oh. Any of those. My god, dude, we frequented the, both of those places so often during our childhood. We we went to the the Yu-Gi-Oh card store to try and trade in our cards, went to the coin store to try and, you know, figure out a if any of the junk that we had was worth anything and yeah i don't know it was that that is a very visceral memory that's so funny that you bring that up dude Yu-Gi-Oh was awesome i loved Yu-Gi-Oh. i loved Yu-Gi-Oh too but the thing is is my brother would always make fun of me because i because Yu-Gi-Oh. i got into Yu-Gi-Oh when i was i don't know eighth grade freshman year not exactly the thing you want to tell your friends that you're into, you know, right. but I didn't care. I, I thought the Yu-Gi-Oh was awesome. And then the place that we would go to for Pokemon was Learning Express, which is still there. Learning Express is still in that plaza where Dominic no used to be. Really? And so we'd go there sometimes. And I remember when I was getting into Pokemon, I, I somehow convinced my brother and the Dignan brothers to just give me cards and so they would just give me some cards that I'd have just to start out with because all of them had way more cards than I did. And then I'd buy a booster pack, which for those who are unfamiliar, a booster pack is just this small pack of cards, maybe like, what would you say, <laughs> 10, to 15, 10 to 15 cards in this, uh-huh. in this foil wrapper. And Fucking bro, I pack. shit you not. I bought a booster pack, my very first booster pack that I buy. I'm in the car unwrapping it with my brother and the Dignan brothers, and my mom is driving us, and I get a Charizard card. No joke, dude. The highest valuable card in the entire deck I just happened to get in a booster pack. The like platinum plated card or whatever. Yeah, the hologram was like shiny in the background. Yeah, hologram like super like you knew you hit gold. Yeah, I couldn't believe when it. You got that. Are and you I kept that card. I you know I might still have it. I have a shoebox with just random trinkets that I that are just uh, memories from childhood and random things. But I might still have that Charizard card in the shoebox and i believe i don't actually i don't know if i have it anymore but i might still have my game boy color pokemon edition 
but yeah, man, I just love, I love coming across small little items that you had as a child and you forgot that you have them and it's like, oh my goodness, I haven't looked at this for 10, 15, 20 years. Oh my goodness. Wow. I am, I, I feel like the, the, the audio no is not way to, to impress. So Rick's is showing me, uh, Power Ranger cards. Holy cow. That brings back some memories. No Power freaking Ranger way. cards. There are, and both my brother and I collected these Power Ranger cards from, my God, it probably would have been, well, we were, like, in junior high, I think. I think that was kind of I think the, before the, then. the time frame. Power, but... Well, Power Rangers first the, came when the this, movie came out. Like yeah, when the, the movie the, came the, out, we were maybe like eleven or twelve. Wow! And it's like you got. I totally I have, remember that bad guy lying down in the crystals, Mister Ooze or whatever his name was. Holy crap! Those are a ton Dr. of cards. Doctor Ooze, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, I uh, my brother came across these as we were cleaning out some of the stuff in my parents' basement. And trying to, to sort out what's good and uh, what to toss away. And I'm like, oh my god. Like, the Black Ninja. Oh my god. I remember when that movie came out. I was so excited to go to theaters and watch that with my parents. My god. Talk about memories. And so, like, yeah. The, the card collector thing is so underrated when it comes to those emotional memories and those visceral experiences that we have. When we open up a pack... When we open up a booster pack and we 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 see that like <laughs> 3D hologram card yeah. and stuff like that, just oh man. So yeah, I just I was like, oh yeah, that that was that was hanging over to the side. So I thought I'd grab that. I um I was watching. It's available on Netflix, and I can't remember what the show is called, but the show it features different shows that are from like our childhood and one of them was power rangers when that show came to the states so it's so crazy how that show was made because it became popular the reason why there's like all those monsters and stuff is because that's that was like the thing in japan giant monsters and just weird shit and so the crazy thing is when they were trying to create a version for the united states there was something weird like they didn't they didn't have enough money to recreate the show so they used the clips from the Japanese version and mixed it with uh photography from the from the US so anytime you see the rangers in their in their gear those are actually Japanese actors jumping around and doing flips and another thing, too, you know how any time in the scene you'd see them before they'd morph into the Rangers? It's just the high school kids. And then usually, like, those gray putties would surround them. If you pay attention... The putties, yeah. You will, yeah. Never, you will never see the American actors in the same shot as the putties because the putties are also from the Japanese footage. So what they're actually filming, it's just the five of them with a bunch of nothing and then they mix it together to make it look like so most of the footage from that show or at least half of it 
is footage that they just brought from Japan and then uh, and then mixed it with photography from what they did here in the States. It's a really interesting show because that show also, I think, almost didn't – like so many times it almost didn't become a show. And then it became this huge, huge success in the U.S. Well – and and the thing too, because I I only came to this realization probably about like two months ago or so, when I saw a documentary on how the film was made, and so they were talking about the how Power Rangers wasn't actually one hundred percent American made. They they kind of co opted some of the the Japanese versions and fused those things, and I was like, oh man, I I don't know how to feel about that because it was so impactful to me. I remember, because my parents would never allow me to watch violent television, so Power Rangers, The Simpsons, anything like that was kind of off-limits for me as a kid going up through high school, basically. And I remembered that I would love going over to friends' houses, Brad Giovanni, uh, I'd go over to his house, watch Power Rangers, and be like, this is so cool, oh my god, I can't believe I'm seeing this right now. And it was it was really, like, it was super impactful for me. Yeah, it was a <laughs> it great was, it was show. It was a weird experience. Yeah, it was. It really was. But speaking of um, kind of commemoration, were you ever a fan of the Lord of the Rings at all back when it was released i i thought the movies were really cool but i never i remember people around that time would dress up when the movie would premiere at midnight at theaters i was never one of those people but i did go and see i think i did go see each each film at least within the first week when they came out because it was such a i think i did too such a thing to go see It, it it's like uh, it's like the Star Wars phenomenon or whatever. Like I remember, I think every single time that my parents would take me to go see the newest Lord of the Rings um, film over the course of like two thousand one to two thousand and five. And those were some they... epic films, bro. Those were some bro. awesome films. And, and talk then... about mm, a list casters. Oh. The 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 graphics, everything about it, it still here's, holds up today. Here here's where I'm gonna now. You might think differently because you read the books. I never read the books at all. It it didn't even Lord I of the never, Rings was nope, not nope, even. I, what you never read him? I read The Hobbit. Okay, see, Lord of the Rings was not even on my radar until the films came out. I think I knew it was a book, but I like didn't pay attention to it. Um. But Lord of the Rings is really cool. But then uh, Game of Thrones came out. And when I started watching Game of Thrones, I was like, whoa, this is way cooler than Lord of the Rings. Even though it's in the same genre, you know, it's in the same genre. And I just couldn't I just couldn't figure out how something so similar could be so much more popular than something that already is super popular. Well, because uh, Tolkien did his thing back in the, what it was, 1930s, 1920s, something like that. I thought it was the 70s. Like many, like... I what, thought it was... was it? Oh, I thought oh, they were oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He was, he was born in the 1930s. Apologies. Yeah. Um, yeah, but basically, like, there is this kind of disconnect between 
the excitement of the the Lord of the Rings because it was the first of its kind. Like no one ever experienced something like that. But and then you had something that was grittier, darker, more realistic, more like for adult audiences, which was Game of Thrones. I've read all the Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones, uh, Song of Fire and Ice, mm-hmm. um, probably two to three times each. But and I don't plug stuff really ever, but. There was such a cool thing, and Victor, I I will say, you've got, if you like Lord of the Rings at all, Josh Gad, do you know who Josh Gad is? Yes, yeah, I know who he is. The actor? Yes. Um, He apparently has been doing this, uh, um, like, reunited apart series, kind of like the the, um, John Krasinski, some good news type Mm -hmm. thing, and he brought together... All of the cast of the Lord of the Rings for like an hour long, like just like banter. And it was like, I broke down in tears at times. Like (laughs) I, like my, and and this is like, as we were coming on too, I'm like, I'm, I'm in such an emotional wreck right now because aside from all the other shit that's going on in the world, like there's some really great things going on and to watch all the, like Ian McKellen and, uh, um, Elijah Wood and uh, Orlando Bloom and Vigo all Mortensen, these people Liv come Tyler, to get... yeah, the whole Liv Tyler, yeah, they were all on there and they they reenacted scenes on Zoom, like they they did wow. their their thing. Bro, you 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 have got to watch it. I like I I burst out of tears at several points because then you have uh, Billy. Um, I can't remember his last name. Billy, um, one of the one of the hobbits. Um, Billy, someone. I feel uh, really bad, but not no. Yeah, but but he ends the whole thing with a song, one of the most like famous songs in the to culminate. And afterwards, you have like Peter Jackson, who's also on the stream, like wow. breaking down in tears. You have everyone who's just like crying, and. It was one of those healing moments where in all the shit that we're dealing with right now, I don't know, my my emotional caliber right now has gone from up to down, up to down, and it just, it feels like it's about to explode. I'm so emotionally just, I don't even know. Um, (laughs) I don't know what to feel right now. I don't know what to feel right now. I don't. Well, that's pretty cool that you that you got to see that. Because I, if I watched it, I think it would be cool, but it wouldn't be as meaningful for me because you're into it way more than than I am. But I'll check it out. I think now that you mention it, it's it sounds familiar. It was on like, trending. It was on okay. trending. So okay. it might still actually be on trending. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. That was twenty years ago. Almost twenty years ago. Shit. Well, and and I think that was kind of the thing that got me too, is that it still has resonance with people. It still has resonance with me, and to be like, you know, in in the heat of the moment, in all the anxiety that we're feeling right now, I'm just like, man, it's so nice to have that nostalgia and for people to like laugh and cry and be together. I just, I couldn't be. Oh, I couldn't ask for anything more just for that sense of, like, humanity in a moment where we need humanity so much. Well, I'm happy to see you happy. 
I think that would be a good <laughs> I think that's a good spot to end the episode since it's past your bedtime right now as we're recording. Oh, go this. fuck yourself. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right, we'll just end it right there. <laughs>